Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And we're two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a beverage, and everything in between. Oh, yeah. We're glad you're back, people. So grab a seat, film fans, beer drinkers, and bourbon lovers alike. This is episode 63. Wow. 63. This episode we'll be reviewing Project Power and The Gentleman. Oh yeah. So Tawana, what are we sipping on today? So today, out of uh, Brick City, uh, they're in New Jersey. Uh, as in Newark? No. As in, I was ill-prepared with where they were from. <laughs> Brick City usually refers to Newark, so they're, they're not from Newark? They, they weren't from Newark. They were from another space. But anyway, I'll, okay. I'll get to that in a second. But they are New Jersey-based. Got it. Okay, so got this from our friendly neighborhood beer hall or beer bar Mm -hmm. harlem hops harlem hops harlem usa harlem usa gotta rep because i do appreciate them and all the people there so uh thanks josh thanks kevin for the help on this one appreciate you uh so the name of this one i got one of their growlers one of their like 32 ounce growlers or whatever and this one is called triple swirl pool coconut Made with coconut, pineapple, and orange. Mm. Um, so the triple swirl is basically an IPA milkshake. This is this is their version of their triple whirlpool uh, New England double IPA. Uh, it's a mouthful. Yes, crazy. So basically, what they did was they they took that base beer, added lactose, and conditioned it. Uh, on coconut, vanilla, pineapple puree, and orange puree. And then they double hopped it with heaps of Citra and Simcoe. I'm really hoping I'm pronouncing that one right. Mm-hmm. Uh, to push the citrus and tropical flavors even further. Uh, so, you know, you, you sort of, well, in their words, you enjoy the notes of sweet coconut, uh, sweet orange creamsicle, and pineapple juice coupled with a super creamy body. So as I was describing it, I was describing it as like sort of orange Julius in that sort of creamsicle lactose type of way. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Not horrible. I will say this. Let me just preface this mm-hmm. before I explain what all that New England double IPA means. Yes, please. I fucking hate IPAs. Yeah, I don't you've like, told us a million times. And I'm going to tell you again. That's why I'm surprised you got it. I'm really surprised I got it. Because, of course, I went to Harlem Hops and they allow you, they have like 12 taps or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they allow you to try them. Um, even right now, during the pandemic, you can try it and you can, you know, take something to go. Right. Um, which is nice. Yeah. And so, you know, I tried a few. And this one, I guess, was the one that's uh, stuck with me the most. Okay. I'm not really sure why. I'm not either. <laughs> I guess it was the most flavorful. It didn't feel like a, um, it didn't feel like a horrible IPA. <laughs> and it was different from the chocolate stouts and all the things you've been drinking lately. Well, I've been trying to get a new um, Black is Beautiful, but it hadn't right. come in yet. So I'm looking for Gun Hill. So if anybody knows where I can get my hand on Gun Hill besides going to Gun Hill Brewery, uh, let me know. I definitely will buy it. Okay. I mean, Gun Hill is what in the Bronx. Yes. So um, I'm not, I'm not opposed, but you know, whatever, it'll work out. So anyway, back to the beer. Yes. I just wanted to explain a little bit about what it means. So for those who don't uh, drink anything but like some pretty standard beers, these are all like, you know, like American incarnations, right? So a New England um, IPA is a style of an American IPA. That features an intense tropical fruit-centric hop aroma and flavor, right? And it's also uh, heavily dry hopped to the point of being hazy, has a full body, has a smoother flavor, and is less perceived 
bitterness than the typical IPAs, which is probably why I'm okay with drinking it. Okay. Right? Because it's less hoppy. Um, but also, what happens with a double IPA is... So, they're, they're, you know what I think also brings me to it is because I love uh, German beers and wheat beers and, you know. So, it's, un, it's uh, essentially an unfiltered double IPA, which just means it, it's been aggressively hopped, right? So, the appearance ranges from, like, um, this slightly hazy and cloudy to opaque or muddy and just gives this overall goal of having this hazy, juicy IPA. Mm-hmm. Uh, packed with these fruity floral flavors. Gotta say, also, I, I don't fuck with fruit like that in a beer. Uh huh. Um, very rare do I ever. So this is this wasn't horrible. I mean, if you want to just try it a little bit, step outside your uh, your comfort zone like I did, okay. and just give it a swig. I mean, it's not horrible. I like it. Um, I gotta be honest. I wouldn't probably drink more than a glass. Because, like I said, I don't fuck with fruit, and the IPA ain't really my thing. <laughs> Got it. But um, it went down smoother than I thought, so good for you guys, Brick City. All right. All and right. thanks again, uh, Harlem Hops. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, I'm, uh, I decided to change things up a little bit for this episode. For the next three episodes, I'm going to be doing a salute to whiskeys. A lot of times, I'm, I'm all about bourbons, and everybody knows I love a bourbon, and I love a Kentucky bourbon. But for the next three episodes, I'm going to be talking about whiskeys and what makes whiskeys different. Uh, for this cool. episode, we're going to be reviewing, uh, tasting uh, Patties. It's an old Irish whiskey from uh, 1779. It's from Cork, Ireland. So it's been around for a long, long time. Really tasty. It's really, really smooth. It's light in color when you look at it in the bottle. Really kind of nice tone to it. Um, what I like about it, it has the, it has the notes. It's like a, a malt, a fresh kind of woody, a little hint of spice, honey, and vanilla. And the taste is light, it's crisp, and it's uh, got like a nut, malt, like charred wood kind of flavor. So it's really mm-hmm. cool. I like the finish on it. It's kind of light, but it's, you still get that woody, malty taste. I would really like to try it with a cigar or a pipe which would be kind of nice, especially a pipe. I think that would really hone in on those flavors. And the, the thing about, and a lot of people ask me this all the time, what's the difference in between a bourbon, a whiskey, and a scotch? So, you know, I just want to talk about that a little bit. One thing you can start out with when you're looking at a bottle and you're buying something, the funny thing about it, they spell the, the, the spelling of whiskey is different. Mm-hmm. So the Scots and the Canadians all drop the E from whiskey. So that's the first thing you need to notice when you're looking at a bottle. Some of the Japanese bottles and the say Japanese it too. too yeah. And the Japanese too. Um, they drop the E from whiskey. So I think it's interesting. So that's the first note to let you know that you're drinking something different. Mm-hmm. Also, then what's, what's the same about it is the fact that it's always a combination of water, grains, and yeast. Okay. And most are aged in charred American oak bottles which is uh, barrels, which is something that's different. That's the same with everything. Everything is charred in an American oak bottle. So that's, that's one thing that's really cool about it. It makes everything the same. But the difference is the ingredients. Like with Irish whiskey, it's barley and then malt. Mm. And the barley is, you know, sprouted and it's, or is germinated. So it's, it's been through a process. Mm-hmm. And then there's the water, of course. So I think that... Right, the water is important. Right, water is always important. The difference with bourbon, it's just mainly made from corn as its grain. Canadian whiskey is made from a blend of wheat, corn, barley, and rye. So it's the one with the more, the most amounts of grains with it. But I think that... Just it's, why it's a little sweet. Mm-hmm, just a little bit. Yeah. And then with scotch, scotch is... You know, it has a lot of similar ingredients as the Irish whiskey does, but it's often used, you know, with a, a dry peat over, you know, it's it's uh, it's um, fired with this peat, which gives it that smoky flavor that I don't like mm-hmm. in Scotch. And that's probably why I don't drink it because of the peat. But I think that it's, it's interesting that, you know, as you're as you're trying to form your palate, your drinking palate. Because some people just like whiskey. Some people just like scotch. Some people just like bourbon. So you have to find what works for you. 
Yeah. I'm usually a mix of whiskeys and bourbon, so you know it is what it is. But for the next three episodes, like I said, we're going to be trying some different ones. And today we started with Irish, but uh, we're going to do some uh, Japanese whiskey. And we're also going to do some Canadian whiskeys just to mix it up a little bit. And I'm going to venture into scotch and then we're going to be done with the challenges. <laughs> I am going to venture into scotch just for the scotch fans out there. I'm not trying that. I don't know which one it'll be, but I'm, <laughs> I'm going to find one that I could actually swallow. So uh, Ooh, we'll, if you can't swallow it, then what the we'll, hell will happen to me? We'll do the best we can with that. But I'm going to try my best. And all you film fans out there and all you bourbon and scotch fans out there, if you have a favorite scotch you want to recommend, just let me know. I'll try it. Why not have a tasting? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, why not? Let's just jump into it. So Absolutely. Oh, real quick, real quick, little back backwards segue, I guess. Um, Brick City is not in Newark. Where is it? It's in Little Ferry. So I don't know why Where I call it. Where is Little Ferry? in some some little of jersey town of jersey okay but it's in a it's in the tri-state area so you know i guess if you want to check it out make that road trip make that road trip (laughs) i'm sure they're open um so yeah we're gonna move on to uh project power project power which i think had some 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 moments but you know whatever uh okay Directed by Henry Jost and Ariel Schulman of Catfish fame. Right. Um, and they've had a few others. Starring Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, Dominique Fishback, Chica, which for all you rap fans out there, hip-hop fans, she is this great artist, sort of newish, um, queer artist, by the way. Uh, black artist, by the way, uh, <laughs> who is, this is amazing in terms of her freestyle. So she wrote a lot of lyrics, um, for, for this, for the movie, for this movie. And she wrote like their original theme song. Okay. So anyway, the synopsis is such when a pill that gives us users unpredictable superpowers for five minutes, it's the streets of new Orleans. A teenage dealer and a local cop must team with an ex-soldier to take down the group responsible for its creation. So, I mean, um, let's see. These ad-libs you got going. I'm not I don't, really sure what's happening right now. It's the nuts. I can't help it's, the girl. It's the girl nuts you got going on right now. My, I, I, I will post these on the, on the Instagram page. Shout out to Tawana and her girl Nets. Our good friends. Yes. Kevin and Mr. Ben. Thank you. Gifted me a lovely set of pink girl nuts. Yes. That are large enough to hang off the back of a truck. Yes, they are. And they got a little keychain too. Mm-hmm. I, I will you. be rocking. I hear you. So, you know, they're just, you know, they manifested into reality. Yes, they did from our last episode. My 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 <laughs> my ideal. I feel like there's a t shirt coming. My girl too, nuts. I mean, I'll rock it, you know. I, I feel like there's a girl that t-shirt coming. Because girls got nuts. That's they, right. They should grip them at any chance they get. All right. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Um, okay, so Project Power. Project Power. Some of the things I really like, uh, you know, I thought it was very stylish. Uh, I thought the movie was cool, fun. I thought it had a little bit of a different perspective on, like, the whole sort of uh, mutant vibe, the whole mm-hmm. sort of superhero tri- um, trope. Trope, thank mm-hmm. you. Um, and so I, I thought it was just fun. It's interesting. This uh, young lady, her name is Dominique Fishback. She played the role of Robin, who they coin as a drug dealer in the synopsis, but really was she? Um, <laughs> she really was dabbling. Yeah, and trying to push power to that drug to uh, help her mom. Yeah, it was really, like, she had an ultimate goal. It wasn't mm-hmm. just like she was trying to be a drug dealer. Um, but she had, they tried to highlight her own individual power, which would be girl nuts. Have a little self-confidence in your true power and right. what you really are. And, uh, you know, she had a way with words she wanted to be. Well, she she was. She just didn't have the real confidence for it. She's a bit of a of a... Of a rapper, she she had the bars, yes. written by Chica as as I just uh, mentioned previously, 
Uh, and she was quite good at it, and I really liked it. Chica does a little cameo in there. If you're a big fan of Chica, check it out. Um, and so I really, I really did appreciate that part. That was really nice. Uh, it's quite interesting. I just thought it was just a fun film. Um, you know, I don't got the girl nuts for it like I do for the old guard, but I liked it. And Netflix is killing the content, so you know mm-hmm. we'll just keep. Gobbling it up, Jamie Foxx was Jamie Foxx doing yes, doing his whole his whole Jamie Foxx vibe. Really appreciated him in it. Gordon, um, I've seen him do better. Didn't think this was his role. I uh, actually liked him better in it than I did Jamie Foxx. I thought Jamie Foxx was boring as hell. I thought that what was more interesting was the combination of of. Dominique, isn't her name Dominique? Yes, her name is Dominique, Dominique Fishback. Dominique Fishback and and Gordon Levitt, because I've, I their their connection was actually stronger, and it, it was interesting how they played off of each other. Mm-hmm. She is an amazing actress. I I loved everything that she did in this film. Dominique, yeah, I, I liked her work in this movie because you know she's a young she's a young performer, mm-hmm. but she's she brought she brought a lot of energy. She brought a different kind of perspective. She was. Yes, she was a, a young student, but she had a lot of power behind her, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I, I like that energy that she brought. And they and she and Gordon Levitt played well off of each other. Right. What what was missing for me was was something about Jamie Foxx's character that just didn't sit right with me. I just didn't buy him as this soldier. I like, just it felt very it felt very empty. What, I think and, they wrote him empty. It just didn't. It didn't bring anything to me. I really didn't care about him and his search for his for his kid. I got that that mm. was supposed to be the crux of this story. Yeah, that didn't turn out but to be it the greatest. It didn't feel. It uh, didn't feel motivator. like anything. It yeah. didn't feel like anything to me. And I've watched a lot of these mutant superhero kind of storytelling. These, yeah, you know, post apocalyptic kind of weird worlds and. And, and not that New Orleans was, but it felt like it was post something. So whether it be post Katrina or post yeah. whatever it was, it felt like a different because you didn't see your usual typical tropes of New Orleans. You didn't see no. Bourbon Street. You, see, you didn't see the French Quarter. Mm-mm. You saw you saw a lot of rural parts of New right, Orleans. You saw more Louisiana, the parishes and all of that. You felt yeah. it felt like a different time and space of New Orleans. It also showed it also showed um, the the poverty yes. of New Orleans, which yes. a lot of people don't get to see. Right. And they spoke about the, about Katrina a lot and the recovery of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, which, which I appreciate it because mostly they only show you the decadence. Right. Of that was New the Orleans. best part. That was the food, that was the, the music and all that. They showed you a different aspect. And I thought that was, I thought that was genuine because mm-hmm. it doesn't normally, it isn't normally shown about New Orleans because New Orleans is actually, Pretty poor. Yeah, and and you know they have a they have a booming film industry, and I'm I'm glad and I'm that that's happening. So happy to see them working important. again. That's important. I'm I'm happy because I that's going to bring back the work that I'm sure they so desperately need. Absolutely. So I, I, what I like I said I, I just feel like what what I enjoyed about this movie was everything but Jamie Foxx, and so it was just like okay when you, then you throw him in there because he was the star power. He was a star he power. He was a star and then, power. And then Gordon Levitt. And but the whole the thing about it, I just felt like something about his performance just didn't sit right. I just didn't feel anything from him. And yes, it was a you're right. And, and I'm glad was, that we did this movie. Because one, it was, was action packed and it was it was kind of cool in this whole this power perspective of this pill. And you know, if you take this pill, you didn't necessarily know what power was gonna come out of you. Yes. But it you know when it happened it, it happened and those scenes were really cool the lighting and all the effects were really yeah nice. super stylishly shot yeah, very it was real cool to look created at. in a way that um they really wanted to sort of highlight um like all their all their ideas for what they wanted to do in terms of visualizing this uh film yeah. That I thought was really interesting. And then Courtney V. Vance was in it again. And this man There's a lot of celebrities. This in man it. has been able to pop up in, in in a lot of films that we watched over this this pandemic summer we've been in. Because he was also in on court. So I he think was in what? he was in on court. Remember we Oh yeah, he was yeah, dead. So yeah, yeah. He's yeah. been around and he's he's doing a lot of things and I, I'm glad that I'm he's working. Glad he's working because he's a great actor. Yeah, and and he brought something that was, you know, he brought a little um 
he brought that gravitas to it because you could mm-hmm. tell he was one of those seasoned actors that just came in and did what he had to do. Yeah. And, and you know, it was, it was cool. But like I said, my biggest problem with this, and I know they're selling it as a Jamie Foxx venue or vehicle, but I, I really he well, probably because he's the biggest thing in it. He's the biggest thing in it. But yeah, sure. And he has a major he has a major part. I actually would have preferred to see uh, Idris Alba in this film. Oh, he would have been he would have been better because he was be, he would actually be believable as a soldier. But Jamie actually, Fox does, does not. I, I does mean, not I've, feel like a soldier. I've seen me. Jamie Fox in other movies where he's a soldier. Yeah, me too. And I be, and I believed him. Yeah, I really like honest, Jarhead. He was yeah, in Jarhead. He was in Jarhead, and he was in. There was another one he was in with, um, with uh, uh, what's the actress's name? Uh, whatever. Um, <laughs> Whoever she was. Because <laughs> I'm trying to remember her name, and I don't want to just deem her as like Ben Affleck's ex. Like I think that's beneath her to even say something like that. But they, he's been anyway. He's been in a lot of other roles that I thought. You mean old girl from Peppermint? Yes, old and, girl from uh, Peppermint, whose name I can't remember either. <laughs> it's called age. I'm getting it. I'm getting there. It's girl nuts somewhere to her head. No, girl nuts and brain power have nothing to do with either. Oh, yes, they do. Di- different different for girls than men. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Anyway, can't fucking find the film. Don't really care at this point. But uh, just look it up. He's done a number of roles in which he's played a soldier. But I really think... The point I'm getting to is what I really think is that it wasn't written well. Jennifer Gardner. Thank, thank you, you, Kevin. Thank you. And thank you, Kevin, for running sound for us today, too. Yes. Uh, Jennifer Gardner, you're right. and But like I said, I just feel like, one, he could have done better. But you, you're right. It could have actually been in the script. I think it was the script. Because they spent, he's a very good actor. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking any of his oh, acting yeah, of ability away from him. I just feel like this just was not right for him. But yeah, I think agreed. that, okay, he did it. He did it, and he did what he did was cool, and I do like his his part of his relationship with the girl. But the stronger relationship was actually with Gordon Levitt, and I, I liked her her deal with her mom. I just there was just something there was a different energy. It was almost like it was two movies, so mm-hmm. two movies. And, and but they spent a lot of money on the effects of this drug on these different people, and so I think that that's what made it that's what made it cool to watch. And if you're looking for some kind of action adventure, kind of storytelling this is this is the one for you and a lot of people have been watching it over the last day and a half because since it came out because it was like number one yeah and so um and i've been seeing a lot of buzz about it in social media because it's just because netflix is killing it in the streaming game right now the content is ridiculous on netflix (laughs) yeah they're they're killing it they really they really have more than i think any any other um, entity online right now Yeah, they're they're really doing some some special things and i'm happy for them because the whole streaming the streaming world has shot up like over 200 200% since the pandemic started and so they're making money and that means we're going to see more content whether it be the documentaries that we've been talking about over the last couple of months or these films we we're going to definitely see more content and that opens the world up for more women to do work more people from the LGBTQ community uh Asians, Latinos, everybody's getting an opportunity to, to create some content. So I think that that's the beauty of what's happening with streaming because they're not totally supported by or needing the studios to make things happen anymore. Yeah, well, they were on their way anyway You know, towards so this because Netflix and them were running the show. Yeah. And even though they were trying to edge them out, Netflix was like, all right, fuck you. You don't want to you don't wanna, uh, screen my films in theaters? Well, buy theaters. Right. So... Now have you have the money. Now you have no choice. We've 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 theaters in New York and LA and uh, and uh, maybe is it Chicago or or Canada. They've got Probably. they've bought um old theaters that were previously closed down right. and refurbished them and brought them back to life. Well, like I said, it just gives people more opportunity, and that's always agreed. A good thing. And the film I was trying to think of with Jamie Foxx is called The Kingdom with Jennifer Garner. Oh yeah, yeah which I is on um I think it's an amazing film. It's almost like. I, I liken it to a bow, a pullback bow. It starts with this massive pullback of the bow, and then at one point you just let it go, and it just soars through. It's a really good film. Really check that out. Okay. Um. So ratings, because we don't have a lot more to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we can move, we can move into the gentleman. But go ahead. I'll give it about three and a half. 
I'll give you a three and a half. It was a solid, fun film. Out of a five? Out of a five. Okay. Give it a three and a half. And I, and I think, um, you know, if you just want to watch something that's fun and you don't want to get into the bullshit and the minutia of stuff, you know. Of course, we said some, I, I know I did for sure, said some shit at the screen and was just like, ah, this is stupid. But <laughs> there were good, very good parts of it that I liked, that I, I, I felt good about. So I'm happy that these people are working and I'm glad that, I'm glad to also see a young lady right. as a black heroine. Yeah. And so I was happy to see her there. Well, well, see, she gets she gets my four just because of her performance. Solid four. She gets my four just for her performance. Ooh, I might and, underrated. And Gordon Levitt, because I, I like the two of them I together. I like him. I just didn't like him in this movie. I, and he plays, you know the thing about him, he plays, um, he plays cops well. And he plays this newer version of a cop. And I think that that's what, what I enjoyed about, about this performance. And he made me feel like he understood New Orleans. And so... In in that context, they were the they were the shining lights in that in the effects of the of the movie and, and the in the treatment of how that was done because they really made that special. That's why it gets like I said, she has to get that because she was really and yeah, she was really good in it. She was really good. I in really it. appreciated and, her. and she was human and she had her her superpower that she didn't even know she had, which was all within herself. And she which is within she herself. Did, she didn't need the drug or anything drug. like that. She felt very it, it felt like a very genuine performance uh-huh. and unlike Jamie Foxx. But once again, I think that that was the shining light for me. So I have yeah. to give her the four and, and Gordon Levitt for their performances. The rest, I get you. There, and it was something to watch. And like I said, I've been, there's so much heaviness happening in content today and, and with everything that we're dealing yeah. with in the world, it, it was a nice relief and a break from all of that yeah kind of which stuff. is which is why we picked these because absolutely it, it was a nice breather yeah time but for um change. dominique is great and i hope she gets uh i hope she gets more work and yeah, she's been like doing she some some things so mm-hmm. look her up dominique uh fishback and uh on to the next on to the next one as as uh the gentleman guy richie we start with the gentleman guy richie who i'm a fan of me too i like guy richie I feel like he's the the classy cousin of uh, Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> because Weird of his, classier. he's the classy British cousin, which, you know, which is really what Brits are to Americans anyway. <laughs> um, yeah. Tawana has her particular views. Queen, yes. Queen's language, you know. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just think they cuss us out best of them. Which is why Southerners are, are, are so is so similar to to the British sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, similarities there. Yeah. So anyway, um, the gentleman, directed by Guy Ritchie, written by Guy Ritchie, naturally, um, starring Matthew McConaughey, Kevin's favorite, uh, Charlie Hunnam, Michelle Dockery, um, God, there's so many, uh, Colin Farrell, Henry Golden. Golding, which I quite... You know I'm a fan of Henry. Honestly, didn't see him in such a dark role and was happy he was in it because I hadn't seen that previous incarnation and he was right. in it was dark. Um, Hugh Grant, a few others. Uh, good for them. So, the synopsis is, an American expat tries to sell off his highly profitable marijuana empire in London, triggering plots, schemes, bribery, and blackmail in an attempt to steal his domain out from under him. <laughs> Sound like a Guy Ritchie movie? Yeah, I think so. It definitely was. <laughs> definitely sounds like a Guy Ritchie movie. Um, you want to go first? Should I go first? You go first. Okay. So, few, few, just a few thoughts, a mm-hmm. few little bullet points. Really love the look of this movie. Beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. Stylishly done, man. The cuts, the shots, the movement, like... Uh, it just, it just all just, there was just this wonderful flow about it. Uh, his dialogue, of course, is great and energetic. You know, like I said, he's like the British cousin of Tarantino with a bit more refinement. Um, one of the things I, I, I mentioned to Vaughn as we were watching it was it's thematically, it's always a bit of a men's film. Yes. Right. And I don't mean men's film in which. It's for men. I mean, it's his worlds are always male centric. Yes. And he'll throw a woman or two in. 
Um, and so I should say female character too. Uh, <laughs> right tone, but it's always usually within a man's in a man's world. And so, you know, they dress well. Um, there's always this sort of journey about it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always an adventure. There's always some sort of refinement. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that women don't love a good scotch and a cigar and a fine suit, but, you know, for the heteronormative uh, definition of it all, mm-hmm. he really sort of defines it. But he does it with, he does it with, a, with a sort of class. So you either want to, like, dress like these guys and be these guys or you want to fuck them. So one of the two. Uh, this is this is kind of what it is, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like they bring you in. It's that mag- magnetism about the whole thing that really just um, makes you love a guy Ritchie film in that way. Right. And so um, I just really love their beautiful references uh, to cinema. They, mm-hmm. they 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 do these sort of like cutaways um, and sort of um, 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 double exposures and. Um, they play with aspect ratio. They play with film grain, which is all really digital now, um, where you can insert film grain into an image. Uh, same thing with uh, double exposure, which means like there's just two images on the same frame. Yeah. Um, and so, like his screenwriting language, they speak about that a bit about screenwriting language, or rather, they speak in screenwriting language. Yes, uh, a lot and of it, it in this film. A lot especially. of it in this film, which really shows. His love of cinema, right? So obviously, he's a cinephile, and that's what that's what spoke to me about it because it, it it's basically, you know, Quentin Tarantino's film, the Hollywood one. Um, one reviewed. Yeah. Once upon a time in Once Hollywood. Once upon a time in Hollywood. It, I don't really care for it. This was a, but this was also a nod to Hollywood in that way. But so, but and it, not, this it, was it, a in nod, a different telling. Yeah, this was a nod to like. The classic craft of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. While that was a, was a nod to Hollywood as an existence, yes. at how it worked in a workings. This is about the power of the script, and this and is about the power of the craft. Yeah, that's really cool in that way. Yeah, I mean, no, you're cool. And uh, uh, he had a lot of um, D. A. Pennybaker inspired shots. Yeah, um, I've spoken about D. A. before, um, and his way of it's like you know embracing the point of view of the character himself, but not from a POV perspective, from the image of the character and themselves walking into a scene, walking into an environment, and mm-hmm. we sharing it as they um, they experience it themselves. So it, there was a lot of that happening, which I really actually really love. Mm-hmm. Um, Scorsese does it, uh, Spike does it, um, so it's it's really interesting to see them, all film fans, all cinephiles, really just in, in, embrace that in their work. Absolutely. Um, also, the wardrobe, immaculate. Amazing. Okay, if if, if it didn't make me right, if I didn't already want to dress like David Beckham, if I had the money, I do now. I want because I just felt like, right? I just felt like like the tartan track suits, which you so desperately want. I'm gonna get one. The first of all, I think I'm only gonna dress in suede vests and and um, salvage denim right. now, <laughs> with with Beautiful. with with like Chelsea boots or like some sort of like tie up, like Oxford incarnation. Just so, but it, so fly, so fly. It just <laughs> I just felt like I needed to look like that. I need some like. Um, Tortoise shell like glasses and mm-hmm. which, might, which just, might be my next choice. It was just really it, one thing I, I have to say about it. I love how he worked the frame of yes. the film. His frames are great. His maze on sand was just amazing to me. You mm-hmm. felt like you were there. Every room was beautiful. You felt like you were in the room. You could smell the cigar. You could you could almost taste the scotch that they were drinking or whatever yeah. they were having. It had to be scotch because it just felt yeah. like scotch. They mentioned that was scotch. And then it was just so many beautiful elements in in how the frame would work and how they would bounce back and forth right. between the characters' conversation yes. within their frames. Yes. So I think I was like, oh, wow. And it, it would always just be so layered behind oh, yeah. them. And oh, so completely. You, you felt like you were in those rooms. Uh, yeah, and like, was like wow. the sound of the meat sizzling on mm-hmm. the barbecue. Right. 
of course, a refined barbecue. Right. Can't just be like a green turtle. It has to be like some fancy shit incorporated into some outdoor back outdoor, patio, yeah, patio setting. Fancy shit that warms your feet and right. cooks your food. And grills your food. Like, bitches, you, we, you, is, and he you, is we trying to fuck? What are we doing? And is he this laid a dance? that beautiful steak down on that grill. Yeah, the Wagyu. And I right? was just wagyu, like, right? wow. And it was just like, oh my God. I actually want to be there. And I even said it to Tawana as we were watching it, because we watched it together. I was like, this is, this is the moment right here. And, it, and, the, and the dialogue was really smart. The snappy. dialogue was so smart. He is so, so good So smartly at done. And, and, it, and, it's, and like you said before, it, it, it does speak to what Tarantino does. Yeah. But Guy Ritchie has a, a different kind of way with his dialogue. His dialogue is so refined, which, I mean, I'm speaking from an American perspective, so I, I don't know really how linguists linguistics works in Britain and there are varieties, right? So there's like Cockney and then all these different accents right. and they're some are harsh, some are some are heavy, some are really rushed, some 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 highlight your your status right. in life. Some more your class, some are more aristocratic. But um for the most part, it was really interesting to hear them just speak, you know where where you know I love I love a good um piss off and <laughs> right this fuckery afoot right. that's her new phrase by the way that's yeah. my new phrase there's fuckery afoot there is fuckery afoot how classy is that <laughs> right. in the in the comparison of our what the fuck is going on you know mm. and the female lead in the film um she's from Downton Abbey yeah she she I mentioned her name she is Dockery. Her last name is Dockery. First name is Michelle. She's been in a number of things as well. I loved her in this. She's a badass. She is very badass. She's a badass for sure. And uh, she she carried this. Because, you know, I've seen Downton Abbey and I've watched her in, in that role. And it's just like how she brought this this tough. Lady pers- Mary. Yeah, she brought this tough watched. persona into this role. And she, I mean, she was running a. A car repair shop with all these. A car repair women. shop for women. Mm hmm. With yeah. all these luxury cars. With all these luxury cars. Obviously, it was for people affluent. Mm-hmm. But um, she she made them feel much like uh, men do when they go and get. Right. It was just, like I said, I, it was a fun, it was a fun storytelling. And, and it was the way they told the story. You know, it wasn't necessarily always linear. Mm-hmm. But what was cool about it was you felt like you were along for the ride. And as. Um, yeah, it's always a ride and a journey with him. As. um. What's his name? Homeboy that was telling the story. Uh, Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant. As Hugh Grant was telling the story to Charlie Hunan throughout this whole piece, we, we saw spotlights and moments in this life. And I think it was really cool how they just were able to pull that off and you and kept us engaged because we literally oh, yeah. watched it, you know, for the two hours that it was. Yeah, because Hugh Grant is telling a story mm-hmm. to Charlie Hunan and... Um, and and then they they flash back and show pieces of it, right. and as we go along with the story to sort of figure out what all is really happening, right? And it was very interesting how they how it all played out. Yeah, and I think that's the that's the art of Guy Ritchie because most well, of his movies a, are like that. He's a storyteller, right? For sure, he is also um, a bit of a master director in the way in which he sees things. He sees them very uniquely, and I think he's able to highlight that in his work. So, you know, the 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 artisans that work with him, you know, his cinematographers, his editors, um, his uh, craftsmen, like set designers, yeah. wardrobe experts, like they're able to really all fully work together to really pull this off to make it sort of a very legitimately towed it can be epic at times because right. there's so much happening. Yeah. And yeah. the fact they could bounce it and even how they move from those scenes that have a lot of action to in them. And then they go to a, a smaller scene that, that kind of lays the foundation of what's going on. Mm-hmm. It, it, it feels seamless. It doesn't take you out of the film. It keeps you in the space because they're still telling you something that you need to know mm-hmm. as the viewer. So it, it keeps you engaged in the story and, it, and it's just, in, in just these little small conversations that he's also good at crafting. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what makes it fun to watch. And, you know, he's done so much work over the years. 
I remember seeing um, what is that? Five stock and smoking barrel. Smokes. Well, lock stock and lock, two smoking stock and barrel. Smoking, and two smoking barrel. Mm-hmm. Love that film. Rock and Roller. Yes. Um, I've just seen so many of his. Even his original. We were talking about this. His original Sherlock Holmes was good. Mm-hmm. Second, less. But the first was amazing. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I think that he has a way of telling the story. Unfortunately, when this movie came out, it came out right at the beginning of the whole pandemic thing. And it kind of got shoved away because we, we started to move into our homes. But it was just like one of those things where. It would have been good to watch this on the big screen. I would have enjoyed to see it. It was in theaters a little bit because it, yeah. it came out in 2019. Yeah, at the end, right? At the end of mm-hmm. 2019. So and it, so it might have traveled into January and February a bit, but yeah. the end then of February really is when we started to like really get nervous here in America. And, right. And, uh, you know, then we, so we lost sight of it or it might have been rushed out. Right. You but know, I think it's one of those it's, it's one of those films that you could definitely watch on HBO or streaming oh, yeah. or something like that because we actually decided to pull it out of out of streaming. Yeah, because it, it had to be rented, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a cheap price. It's five bucks. Yeah, so I, I think it's worth it. You can rent it through Amazon. You can rent it through Voodoo. They, I mean, it's everywhere. Right. So you know, however you like to make it happen. Um, his I, I just want to talk for a second about. Um, his shots and okay. the look of the film. Uh, his DP, his name is Alan Stewart, who he's worked with on quite a number of other uh, films. Mm-hmm. But um, Alan also did uh, Aladdin, and he worked on Sherlock Holmes as uh, in the camera and electrical department. So I can only assume that he did a lot of additional photography or AC second unit mm-hmm, work. Mm-hmm. Um, as he progressed into As he progressed into role. like his like solid leadership mm-hmm. in terms of just his cinematography work. It was just, uh, yeah, it, it was Aladdin. It was Stay, it was Grandma. It was a lot lost and found. It seems like it's a lot of, uh, he did a lot of shorts beforehand and a bunch of TV. Okay. But I like mean, BBC work. Mm-hmm. But right. if he, uh, it looks like if he stays with uh, Richie, he's he's on point for something great. Because I, a band of brothers, right, right. Um, and I think his his work is really really nice looking. It oh really, my god, it's, it's just beautiful. It's just beautiful. Just like the opening credits, which I will not spoil, but the shot of beer. And what was happening with that? Yeah. It's really interesting. Just like the elements, just like co-mingling. It brought you to it. It set the tone for the rest of the film. It set the tone, and 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 just the look of it. Mm-hmm. It's really beautiful. The the night shots, the water shots. Like you said, the shots within the home, and then yeah. you know outside the home in this sort of like outdoor patio esque, right? Sort of situation. Really, really beautiful. Uh, I liked it a lot. Thought the film was um, very enjoyable, yeah. lots and lots of fun. Yeah, it was really, fun. really enjoyed it. Um, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Swana. We we were talking about this. Yeah. I remember at the end of last year we were talking about, and I wasn't excited show. about it. And you were like, eh, I don't know, but I was like, everybody's in this movie, and this movie just seems like fun. Well, you you know why I'm always like, I don't know. Is I do like Guy Ritchie a lot. I do like a lot of his films, to be quite honest with you, but. His initial appeal to his films on the surface always seems like a man's world. And it's right. not as if I'm in a position to, I'm ever in this position where I'm like, I only want to see women, women films or women-led films or women-based films. I'm not discriminative mm-hmm. like that at all. But I just, just I, felt I, heavy-handed maybe, to you. Maybe the energy just feels that mm-hmm. heavy-handed to me and I'm just like, eh. You know, but then I, then I remember, you know, like King Arthur. Yeah. You know, uh, then I remember it, even though it seems that way initially. Guy Ritchie produced that, directed that too, didn't he? Mm-hmm. That's why Charlie Hunan is in it. Mm-hmm. Got it. Directed okay. it, um, wrote the screenplay, which was a nice little interesting uh, take on that story. Right, So, right, you right. know, he'll be doing Aladdin too and all that as well. Oh, that's going to be fun. I know why the fuck we need a second Aladdin. Because it was fun. We enjoyed that. We watched that during the pandemic, too. And you you were like, oh, this is actually fun. Mm, Remember? It's a fucking pandemic. You, but you watched it and you enjoyed it. Mm, it was all right. 
Um, <laughs> she, she was singing "It's a Whole New World" or whatever that thing was. I've sung, I've sung that song a million times with my nieces. It. She sang it. Folks. She sang it, and whatever. she enjoyed herself. That's probably high. She cried a little bit. <laughs> there were tears. There were no fucking. There were tears. There was no. Everything. There were tears. No salty discharge over here. There was. I don't. I, I was talking about from my face. Relax. Okay. <laughs> okay. Relax. I'm, I'm just. I'm just saying. Grab my. Uh, I'm, don't tap. Don't grab your girl. Nuts. Tap my girl nuts. Please don't grab your like girl. Like a bongo, boom, 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 boom. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I'm getting quite used to these. These are, these are a little fun. Okay. I don't know how back, you. Wa- I don't know how you walk with these though. Back, back. Anyway, to the, back to the film. <laughs> come back. Come back. I'm back. Come back to the life. Um, come back. Anyway, do like Guy Ritchie, and so what I was saying was, I was a little like, eh, put off by all the male energy. But it wasn't. But it wasn't it overbearing. It wasn't yes. overbearing, and so t- so take my word for it. He's really just expressing what is probably his world. You know, he probably just really, really appreciates his, not his manhood, but his world of men and what what it means to be a man and all right. the refinements of men. Right. And I get that because he, kind of like a Sex in the City version of like man. He always just really just shows what what it is to be that. Right. Um, in a non like masochistic, chauvinistic wow. way, you know. Okay. Um, but anyway, really, really liked it, and highly recommend that you rent it. Yeah, for sure. Or whatever, however the fuck you get your stuff. When you get a chance and to see it, please watch it. Please watch it. It was fun. I actually would watch it again, and was yeah, looking for his film on Sling or wherever. Um, after we watched this, I was kind of like, "Oh, I could watch something else by him." Right, right, right. Because it wants you, it makes you want to delve into more of his work. And like I said, mm-hmm. because he introduced so many different actors to me, because mm-hmm. I'm I'm a big fan of of British film and television work, and because that's how I first met you know Tom Hardy and, and actors like that. Mm-hmm. And um, what's the guy's name? Because he always the the little guy who was in this film. Who was in Atomic Blonde? Yeah, he played uh, all these little quirky characters. He's he always so plays, good. At he played a them. double agent in right. Atomic Blonde, right? And that whole car scene, and, and I just go back to films like that. Eddie Morrison, right? Because I think that, and and you see a lot of these actors in Black Mirror, and yeah. in 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 shows like you know, yeah. Eddie Morrison, you a know, big I actor. may destroy you because you know she's also a British actress. Who mm-hmm. you know? These are kinds of these are the actors that I like to watch on screen. So I think that it always excites me to see what they're going to do next and how they jump around from from role to role. But um, I definitely would give this a five. And and you know what would it be interesting to me is that since he is such a a cinephile in that way, and to, and to give that nod back to Tarantino, I wish he could bring some more music into his films. He did have a he did have quite a few pieces of music, right? And there was um, a lot of there was a lot of hip, nods to hip hop, which I thought were really cool. And yeah, because he's probably a hip hop fan, but it yeah. wasn't. There were nods to British hip hop, yes, uh, which I respected. Yes, and I think I think in the guise of listening, being a hip hop fan of American hip hop, right. They, cause they redid a Wu Tang song, yeah, which was hot, which was kind of hot, and it was a refreshing film. take to like, mm-hmm. to to Wu Tang's style of rapping, absolutely. But um, yeah, it was really interesting. He 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 really put out a lot of uh, well, not a lot, but he put out a bunch of um, British rap, yeah. And so that's a different type of listening, yeah. I think I think much like any film of a foreign language separate from your own. It takes a matter of just sitting with it for a second and like really absorbing it, and then you really get used to the mm-hmm. the whole repetition of their cadence of words. And so, um, really, really interesting. He did add music, but I think I think this film didn't didn't need the lending of music in that way. But Rock and Roller and right. a few other his films had. Lots of music, so yeah. I, I just think it was whatever the mood was. This right. was this was more sophisticated than that. And there was a whole lot of there had to be a lot of exposition because there was a lot of it was a telling of a story. Yeah, it was a telling of a story, so there was a lot of heavily dialogue, mm-hmm. and so you needed to you know listen to that. And when he and when he introduced these these uh, hip hop elements, 
uh, into the film. It was usually when it was like a younger cast, younger right. British cast right. that was in the film. Uh, so he needed to give them sort of a background. And they were fun too. And you know what? As I watched them, I felt like they could actually have their own movie too. Well, that little group, Colin uh, Farrell's group, yeah. could definitely have their own film. They could definitely have their own um, film. And, yeah, they were definitely really interesting. Because I could see that. And they had the, the elements of those guys had what it was for, like, Reservoir Dogs with those guys who they all had distinct characters and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, they all had distinct characters. But also Colin Farrell plays this coach who was trying to take... Uh, sort of bad guys or, mm-hmm. or kids that are almost being led astray. Like wayward teens. Wayward teens um, and young men and 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 put them on the path of not so necessarily righteousness, but but goodness. Yes. He was trying to make good men right. out of them. Um, and so, yeah, it was very interesting how that... So I could totally see a whole movie being... And in, 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 uh, created yeah. uh, with just Colin Firth being the ha- Colin Firth. Um, Colin Farrell. Fucking Farrell. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why Firth keeps coming up. But it's Colin. It's Hugh Grant. No, not at all. I just think Colin F. And then I just went with the first ah. F in my mind. Because um, you're a Bridget Jones girl. I am not a fucking Bridget Jones girl. I can't fucking stand her. And I and that 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 even though I like romantic comedies, that version of romantic comedies is so fucking thrill to it's me. It's just not for you. It's just like this it. is ridiculous. I like a little dirt. That's why I like a little Julia Roberts. Okay, yeah. And she's a little dirty. Oh yeah. Okay. In my mind, I'm just right. saying. Wow. I mean, now I'm just like, ugh, no, I don't know. What's going oh on. my god, this but the girl. But I'm older. But okay, you matured. I matured. But like yeah. I said, so, so is she. Yes, she has. So, but, you know. So. So, anyway. So, I will give this a five. Yeah. Because I really did like it. I appreciated it. I'd watch it again. So glad you got it for 30 days. Yeah. <laughs> I Are you going to watch it again? I'll watch it again. Yeah, I'll watch it and again. And then, um, you know, I'll definitely check it out. And I really liked it. And I, uh, I, I recommend everyone go and watch it themselves. Absolutely. Please. I, I would definitely give it a five. I enjoyed it. A 100%. Bible that. And the dapper stud in me that really wants to be that super dapper. And, and, um, and wants for, to wear all those clothes. And and when <laughs> I order my when I order my tracksuit for my for my post birthday celebration, I will post some pictures on on our pages cuz I'm going to get that damn tracksuit if it can. I'm sure me. these tartan tracksuits are kind of bomb. Like I have to have one. I don't know, care. They're really interesting. But anyway, Shout out to filmmaking and all the filmmakers out there. Shout out to filmmaking and the craft itself. Mm -hmm. So what's next? We're glad that you joined us. And, you know, if you like this episode, please be sure to like, share, and follow us on all our social media platforms. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, SoundCloud, where we host, and Spotify. Spotify. There'll be more. We got to get it together. Yeah, let's add but some more to, to uh, it Definitely got to add more. I know. Mm-hmm. I'm slacking. Yeah. I don't know. Pandemic got me. Time to wake her up now. Girl nuts moving. Girl mutts. Girl mutts. <laughs> girl, girl nuts. Girl nuts movement. Oh, that's a thing. Girl nuts it's movement. It's a girl nuts movement. Hashtag, I coined it first. Don't steal it. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for being here. Definitely. Join us again, folks. This is Beer Bourbon. And a movie. And a movie.